Yeah. Well, exactly what you just said is that, yeah. and I think it's a Buddhist saying, the, mm-hmm. the tightest fist is an open hand. Is that Buddhist? Oh. Was that? I don't know. I don't know. I've really got to <laughs> it check. It sounds I, a bit sexual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty minds, I, I know. No, this is great. It's normally just me. And I was like, <laughs> no, no, sometimes no. on the playbacks, I'm like, oh, did I just, did I just say that? What have you been doing? Yeah. Like, yeah. Just been sitting away, like, working. Sitting like a Another episode of Better in Bed, the podcast where we talk about sex and hopefully inspire, excite, stimulate you to get better at it. So before I start on this week's topic, I just want to say thanks so much for all of you out there who are listening, sharing, contributing and following our show so far. This is our sixth episode and we're immensely happy and proud of the sort of feedback that we've gotten so far. Um, We've actually gotten lots and lots of stories, lots and lots of questions. You guys who are listening, you really help us to make this show great. If you are enjoying our content, this is a bit of a shameless plug, but please rate and review our podcast. If you're not enjoying our content, just stay <laughs> in the corner alone. and don't say anything. <laughs> but it's great. Um, Actually, I think as to, of today, as of about one hour ago, we had 1,000 downloads. That's awesome. So it's about 1,000 downloads over the last month. And so. thank you for 1,000 of you who are listening, our sort of early adopters. Mm-hmm. Um, to be fair, I, we really actually welcome all kinds of feedback. So good, bad or ugly. It actually helps us to really improve and evolve the show to make sure that we're actually talking about things that you want to listen to. Um, and if you want to really get in touch with us, the best way is to hop on down to sarahsense.com um, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find me at Hello Sarah Sense, and you can find Jai at Double Star Co. Um, and we're going to go straight into this week's topic. Um, it's about opening up to open relationships. And here I want to talk about the term open relationships because I think everybody has a little bit of a different definition of what open relationships actually are. Um, so we're talking about open relationships as a really umbrella term today for any kind of relationship in which all partners agree that each may have romantic or sexual relationships with other partners. If you don't agree, then guys, that's just cheating and that's non-consensual. And so that's a whole different topic for another week. Um, Really interestingly, once I actually put this topic out on Facebook, I've actually been inundated this week by stories and questions from all of you. So I actually think this is a really interesting topic um, because it's something which is commonly misunderstood, um, not uh, talked about very often, um, and it's actually quite progressive. I mean, there's a lot of misperceptions out there about what uh, an open relationship actually entails. A lot of people don't think it actually works. Um, And I think that's because we have this sort of cultural and sort of social programming that monogamy is the sort of default option for, especially for like straight couples. Um, And I just want to say, monogamy really isn't for everybody. (laughs) I I just want like a big bumper sticker (laughs) to say that there's actually a lot of alternative models of relationships out there um, even with open relationships right mm. there are so many different models out there everything from swinging uh to monogamish thanks to dan savage uh to polyamory so i think we're actually just going to start talking about open relationships in a very broad sense um for this episode but i think Given the response and the feedback that we've gotten from all of you, we're going to have to probably extend this into like two or three episodes to really do it justice. And I think that's a a great time to introduce our guests because uh, for for Sarah and I, once we started unpacking this topic, we realized that it it not only couldn't be answered just by us, but we're probably going to need a few different perspectives on it. And I think one of the interesting things, certainly for me, is is reaching out to my friends who are, I knew were in open relationships, and it's the first time I've actually been able to talk to them. Um, so do you want to introduce Valentina? Yes. 
Um, well, Valentina is from Romania. Uh, she's lived in Hong Kong for 10 years, and we're really happy to have her on the show because she's actually a professional relationship and dating coach. She runs a company called Happy Ever After, um, and she helps people mm. with flirting, dating, communication skills, getting over breakups, <laughs> etc. In addition to that, we actually connected very recently over a coffee because we're both speaking at um, the same women's festival called Festival du Feminine, uh, which is going to be in the last weekend of November here in Hong Kong. Um, and I thought I was really interested in her perspective as well because she's actually developing a coaching program for people to help make open relationships work. Um, and she's also currently in an open relationship with her partner of 18 years. Um, so I'm going to turn the questions over to you, Valentina. Uh, just a little bit more about you, like how long have you been in Hong Kong and why did you move to Hong Kong? Did you Where do you buy your shoes? <laughs> They're enormous and fun. How do you know that I love shoes? Wait, wait what do you Anyone know Anyone who's wearing me? three inches loves shoes. Yeah. She's pretty much three inches taller than the rest of Wan Chai right now. Pretty much. Me oh, and, that's me. not hard. <laughs> <laughs> me and you in particular. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, hey, everyone. Uh, yes, I'm Valentina. It is a pleasure, a real pleasure to be invited on this podcast. Um, we were just chatting how Sarah and I had this kind of love at first sight thing. Uh, we met, we clicked, everything sounded really great. And, you know, spontaneously, I told her that I'm in an open relationship. And the next thing she says is like, well, you want to be on my podcast? I thought, nah. <laughs> okay, I'm usually open about my open relationship, but yeah. I've never been this open. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. let's try, see yeah. whatever happens. You know, my philosophy is that you should always face one fear that you have every day. Not that yeah. I was ever afraid of talking about this, but, um, yeah. you know, this is much bigger than I thought it would be, but it doesn't matter. This I'm is really the cool. first time you are talking about your The first time I'm talking, I'm broadcasting this. Really? So, <laughs> in a way, it's my yeah. coming out story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and how long, because you, you were previously in advertising, yes. uh, and now you run your own company. Talk, talk us through what started that, what inspired you? <laughs> um, well, it all started when I moved to Hong Kong. And I think I told you this story. Yeah. And um, I was going out a lot. My boyfriend was traveling. So, you know, for all intents and purposes, I was kind of hanging out with lots of single women. So there was a lot of guys that hit on us. <laughs> Circling you in, in, in OKF. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And um, anyway, all like the vast majority of these guys, what I remember about those days was that people were kind of coming up to me and say, hey, where are you from? And in the beginning, it's like, yeah, okay, I understand. I look different. I sound different. But really, is that all you can come up with? <laughs> yeah. Can we please be a little bit more creative with yeah. the pickup lines? Because this is just boring. Yeah, it's boring. So even now, if people ask me, like, in the first three sentences, where are you from? I usually go from Mars. And let's Good finish answer. it there. Or I make them guess, which is a much longer story. I'm now terrified I asked you that when you came in. But <laughs> anyway. I, I think it was further than three sentences, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> uh, well, the point of that was that at that time, I decided that people in Hong Kong needed a little bit more flirting in their life. Mm. And I was thinking um, about setting up a flirting school. Ooh. Can you imagine that? And um, just, just to be clear, this isn't people flirting with school students. In no, 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 okay. no, no. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Let's call it a school of seduction. Oh. That school would be the other way, seduction. right? So helping people be a little bit more creative, <laughs> be a little bit more exciting when they yeah. when they strike that strike up conversation with someone. Because I have to say. The Asian people are not great at flirting, but yeah. a lot of the foreigners are even worse at flirting. Yes. So. <laughs> G'day, love. How you going? My no, thought, or, well. or, or your place or mine. I'm like, oh, flirt with that's me, the please. <laughs> Buy me a drink. At least. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so anyway, um, I did think about creating this school of seduction thing, but um, after doing a little bit of research, I realized that maybe I was ahead of the times a little bit, mm -hmm. that people were not ready for it. And yeah. I decided to keep learning and developing so I went back to advertising um, but about four years ago four and a half years ago um, in a completely random conversation about what would we want to do with our life if we weren't doing our primary job um, the words I'd like to be a relationship coach came out well, and yeah. I don't know about the rest of the guys who were with me at that time but I was the most surprised because <laughs> I had not even seeing those two words together yeah. yeah i had no awareness of the fact that relationship coaching was a real deal yeah, yeah. and of course in hong kong nobody does this kind There's of stuff not that many 
So um, I decided to give it a go and I knew instantly that this was what I was meant to do with my life. And was this primarily, and only because you touched on it before, was it primarily working with, you know, um, people from Hong Kong, you know, other, other, other people from Asia or was it expat driven, you know, because obviously you're an expat here? Well, um, the, I think the, the motivation to become a relationship coach came from the fact that I had so many absolutely gorgeous, amazing friends, right. both honky girls and, and Western girls who were always complaining how rubbish the dating life was in Hong Kong, you know, yeah. how difficult it was, how, mm. you know, the Western women were saying, oh, all the guys want to date Asian chicks. Yeah. The Chinese girls were saying, well, there's not enough men out there or they're all assholes. Yeah. So I'm like, wait, you know, actually, I've been in a relationship for a very long time. And if I wanted to have a date every day of the week, I could do it because yeah. I believe that it's possible. Mm. But I realized that it's all about limiting beliefs. Yeah, yeah. And that's interesting because I think, you know, certainly when um, my friends hear, oh, you know, dating men here is so hard, they're all like, well, well no, I'll, I'll do it. And they think it's kind of this, it's not out of desperation, it's out of quality and mm-hmm. it's out of uh, a, a kind of expectation. And that doesn't go out the window suddenly because there aren't men here and there aren't plenty of yeah. men here. It's just that who, who do you want today versus yeah. who, who is trying to crack onto you are very different things. But see, this is what I've learned in my in the last four years I've been a, a coach. Most people have absolutely zero idea what they want in a partner and in a relationship. Absolutely. Just They just don't. Yeah. You ask any girl in town, and my favorite answer is, well, I want a tall, dark, and handsome banker who makes a million dollars. How boring. That's boring. Yes. And it's unrealistic. It's also, it's also focusing on the wrong things. Yeah. What is important for a relationship is connection, is commitment, is you know, adventure, passion, all these other yeah. things. It's not about how much money a guy or a girl has in the bank. Agreed. So my, my work, my focus as a relationship coach is to help people figure out what they want. Yeah. That's good. I just want someone good in bed, really. (laughs) I have very simple demands. Easy. (laughs) That's fine. One of my clients told me that her minimum requirements for a partner was someone who liked eating and sleeping. I think good in bed is much better. (laughs) (laughs) I am not joking. That is for real. I suggested she got a dog. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm going to just uh, focus the show and some of the questions as well back to open relationships because I've actually talked to a lot of people about this um, in preparation for the topic today. And I think essentially there are three main areas of questions that people have. Firstly, people want to understand what it's really like to be in an open relationship. I think people have this weird concept that it's like a, an orgy every day or, <laughs> i wish you know or, you're just wandering the streets of one shy exactly or, or the, you know they're in some kind of commune and there is a leader <laughs> yeah. where they all you know take turns to like you yeah. know sleep with him at, at thank a thank you you porn for that yeah <laughs> well, eyes wide shut you um, can thank tom cruise for this uh, absolutely film. surprisingly i have i'm having an eyes wide shut party this saturday yeah I hope I'm <laughs> you would be per- you'll be a perfect host for that <laughs> come over um and the second question i think most people want to know is if an open relationship is right for them mm-hmm. you know how how do you know is, is there a certain sort of set of beliefs or is it like personality traits is it how you feel about your partner or, or when is the time to open a relationship when is the time to keep it closed for example um and i think the third thing that people are really sort of challenged with and really struggling with is people actually thought you know the idea of open relationships that's quite appealing. That's something perhaps that I want to try, but they have no idea how to navigate it for themselves. Mm. So where should we start in terms of talking about relation, open relationships? Why don't you tell us a little bit, Valentina, about your open relationship? How did you decide to have an open relationship? Did it always start open? Did it start closed? Did it open up later? And what is it like to be in an open relationship? Well, um, first of all, I don't really like the term open relationship. Um, it kind of feels okay. like when you're not in an open relationship, you're in prison or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't think is the case, Close. you know. It's trapped. <laughs> it's like, well, you're trapped. You mm. know? And a lot of people, mm. you know, a lot of the clients I work with come to me because they feel that their relationship has become a trap. But right. I'm not going to talk about that. But yeah, yeah. Th- I'm just, I was just wanted to clarify yeah. this. Um, I actually prefer to call my relationship a non-exclusive loving partnership Aww. because, oh, I like that. Um, you know, this is the only difference yeah. between my relationship and any other marriage that yeah. we have decided 
that we don't have to put up with this ridiculous society rule that you have to somehow forsake all others yeah. and and just suddenly become only attracted to your partner. Yeah. Um, so I think what we describe as monogamy in today's society mm-hmm. is yeah. actually an exclusivity of a partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody is truly monogamous in the in the basic definition of the term which means you know this kind of pair bonding for life that you don't love you don't these yeah. days we all have had more than one relationship yeah and so, I, I struggle with monogamy i think from a personal level because being so sexually adventurous and and open i i kind of know that I, not one person is going to be able to satisfy every single thing that i'm into and i think that's tough because um it scares a lot of people off, right? When I say, oh, you know, I'm not sure that monogamy really works mm. as a realistic concept. So, so coming back to something you said at the start, um, it was interesting you said uh, it's an open relationship or a non-exclusive partnership. I had to remember that one. Yeah. Uh, was, was about uh, allowing uh, additional sectional partners mm-hmm. or romantic relationships. And I guess that's where a couple of people I talked about and, and I know we'll get to this later, but yeah. is, is it defined by an emotional relationship as well or is it purely a sexual idea? Ooh, I, I think you're just touching on the multitude of different yeah. options right. that you can have in yeah. non-exclusive relationships because you mentioned in the beginning yeah. the term open relationship is, is just simply an umbrella concept. Right, okay. Yeah. There are so many different options. I mean, you know, we're all people who have different, different desires. Sure. So uh, the, the most obvious um i wouldn't call it poly but an open relationship Mm. is when one of the partners has a secondary partner or another Mm. person they are in love with and sometimes that person has sex with just one of the partners and they're the sort of a third wheel yep Mm. other times in the very lucky cases that person is a unicorn and there's this girl who also has sex with the woman and the male in the relationship yeah those are rare there, yeah. there are also open relationships which are poly, where um, or polyamory. I'll just use the full term that don't necessarily have to involve sex, right? So right. you could be in love with more than one person, of course. Um, but perhaps you have a sexual relationship with your primary partner, sure. and then I maybe just have a, a loving relationship. Maybe it could be like with my mentor or something, where that is also a relationship you put time and effort to, but it might not necessarily be sexually dependent. Yeah. Then there are also obviously, I guess the most sort of common and well understood sort of term is like swinging. Although that's one kind of open relationship where actually the relationship between the two partners is um is actually uh quite close and they keep within the confines of that relationship romantically and emotionally and they just only go outside just erotically and for sex so there's many many different types and we'll probably get onto this later valentina but i think deciding what kind of open is right for you is also very critical from the start because there's so many shades. Of course, and, and it's really about your needs. As you said before, you didn't think that one person could uh, fulfill all your needs. This mm-hmm. is all there is. You know, there is this myth in modern romantic love that says that our partner, I wouldn't call it primary partners because people get a little bit, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> controversial <laughs> about, that. about that. But yeah. we assume that when we find the one, yeah. they will have to be our everything. You know, you see this for people at, in their wedding vows, like, oh, you are my everything. I don't want anybody else. The truth is not one single person ever can be our everything. Mm-hmm. We are very complex beings. We grow, we evolve. Everything that we do changes in our life. And um, one partner is, is just so much to ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For that person to be your best friend, your confidant, your, mm-hmm. you know, shopping partner, your whatever. Yeah. It's, it's just physically impossible for a person to be that. Yeah. So, um of course, I believe that uh, monogamy or the modern interpretation of monogamy is actually based on fear and insecurity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only reason we expect exclusivity from our partner is because we don't actually believe that we are good enough. Well, and that yeah. by allowing them to go outside of the mm-hmm. relationship, what if they find someone else? I mean, we, we talked about uh, the fact before we started that the number one question is, aren't you afraid your boyfriend will fall in love with someone else. Yeah. My answer is, is like the aren't you? Yeah. Because 
a marriage certificate or a decision to go exclusive is no shield against Cupid's arrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. You can fall in love with people even when you are in the most happy relationship in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think there are I, a lot of misconceptions. Yeah. I suppose p- people are just fearful because they think, oh, I opened the relationship. I let this happen. I let, you know, somebody else in and now... I'm paying for it, I guess. What if you fall in love with someone else? <laughs> that, that's true, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we should talk about that as well because open relationships should also be, you know, there's a certain amount of equality that goes along with... That's the difference between this and cheating. Absolutely. Equality. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about yours. Um, how did you start it and, and what are some of the parameters that you use? Well, look, for us... Um, you said in the beginning, I've been with my boyfriend for 18 years. It's a it's a long relationship by most people's standards. Um, I was incredibly fortunate to meet very early on in my life, after only three or four serious relationships, someone who really got me. Yeah. yeah. And as a relationship coach, I didn't know at the time that that was important. I was only 25. But as a relationship yeah. coach now, I know that a person who gets me is probably number one on everybody's list when they talk about their ideal partner Mm. and in my case getting me was looking for a partner who was equally adventurous um, open-minded accepting Mm -hmm. uh, fun as I was you know and having this foundation of us being equally excited about the world gave us a lot of strength in our relationship it's interesting that you you know at that stage of being 25 um, for most people, I think that's a really formative pa- part of their life. Oh, completely. I think from a personality development point of view, it's kind of infancy from one to three, you start to develop the core values that will start to define who you are. Three to seven, you, you begin to do things based on risk and reward. Seven up, you begin to do things from an emotional decision. Everyone's fucked as soon as they hit high school and go all over the shop. <laughs> and they have to put up with bullying and all yeah. that. And then I think it's 18 to 21 and then 20 to 25. And mm. I think the last major personality change people go through mm. is 21 to 25. 25 to 30 is a slower but significant um, shift. It but it is interesting that everyone that I've met who has found a partner at 25, often, in, in certainly within my circle of friends, and I know that's not obviously scientific uh but often often ends up with that person for a longer duration certainly doesn't mean they're married forever yeah um but i think that personality and getting you is such a big part of it yeah i I know that i'm glad you talk about this because you it sounds like you're you have researched this psychologically sounds like different stages of uh, (laughs) development but you know um I believe that when I met my boyfriend i was in this developmental phase that um where I was looking to to become a woman, you know, yeah. to, to grow up from yeah. being a girl, yeah. like, you know, playing this kind of different relationships and all that and yeah. uh, experimenting with lots of different things. And when I met him, because he's a little bit older than me, um, you know, it kind of, he, he taught me so many things. Like a few years ago, I was reading this book about... Um, you know, recognizing the gifts that every partner gives you, mm. yeah. and I actually yeah. sat down yeah, and that's oh, lovely. Yeah, and this yeah. is this is what my breakup coaching is is all about, focusing yeah. on the gifts that you get. And I realized that actually the most important gift that my boyfriend has given me is he has absolutely helped me become a woman, and yeah. he has taught me how to love. Yeah. yeah, in so many ways, he taught me so many things. Yeah. Not not him, you know. He's not a teacher or something. <laughs> yeah. Sit down, Valentina. <laughs> today's, like, yeah, today's lecture. Yeah. <laughs> no, but our relationship has evolved mm. in such mm. a way that I've grown so much, and I have yeah. become the pretty amazing person that I am today, yeah. or at least I think so. Yeah, uh, largely because of him, and largely yeah. because of his um, open-mindedness yeah. and and um, adventurous style. Yeah. And I love that definition of love because it's really enabling and empowering the other person that you love to be the best person that they are, right? The best form of yourself. But many people think love is, in some ways, they look at love as such a very selfish way and it's all about... Self-validation. Yeah, self-validation and possession. Exactly. I don't think until you've said that, that I've really thought about that definition, but I completely agree with you. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that your boyfriend was always very open and you yourself were very open-minded. So did that set up a good foundation for an open relationship? And when did you start that? 
Well, um, we have been together for about nine years mm. at some point, you know, like all relationships, we've always had a very good relationship, very strong. We always felt very close to each other, but like all relationships, we went through ups and downs. Yeah. It's natural. Mm. And after about nine years, we kind of were experiencing this kind of low desire I was yeah um, sexual desire sexual desire I was like oh you know very often I would say oh please can you just go and get a girlfriend to <laughs> just stop bothering me um, he's, a, he's a thousand hunky <laughs> no <laughs> one, I met I, I, didn't, I didn't give him money and I didn't send him out <laughs> just send him down a yeah. but, you know like um, for me it, it, it's very natural and I realize this now as I'm you know older that actually in my 20s I had much lower desire and I believe this is true this is a kind of a natural mm. weird thing between men and women because the 20s are a man's sexual peak with mm-hmm. you know testosterone flying everywhere yeah. whereas for women actually I've noticed throughout my life that I only started becoming really interested in sex mm-hmm. in maybe like 34 yeah okay and that was about nine years yeah. into my relationship yeah until then I was like yeah you know I could just go without sex for like I don't care yeah. you know it wasn't it wasn't top of mind okay so again this sounds well researched but and that happens maybe it is yeah I've got to remember if this is actually but so Guy, yeah, guy sexual peak happens even early 20s where you're dripping with so much testosterone, it's ridiculous. Yeah. The extra injection of... Because I, I actually think it's testosterone-induced uh, for women in the 30s to drive that uh, sexual desire is generally um, because if you haven't had children by that point, your body biologically is giving you this big yeah. step up. And You need to get on up, with it, girl. Which, you know, it is actually not well known. And I, I, mm. I think it's a bit of a shame that those modes are missing. Yeah. There's also a big psychological stage of life thing yeah. for women as well in their 30s. Yes, the fact that they're much more confident, much more financially independent, that really, oh, really? helps yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. I never, yeah, it's really good. Well, I never really wanted children, so I knew that my testosterone flooding my system was not about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> but um, I've noticed a, a huge increase of interest in sex at that yeah. time. It didn't necessarily mean that I was more sexually interested in my boyfriend, sadly, yeah. okay. because we'd already been gone, been through the you know honeymoon yeah. phase, the taking each other for granted phase, and yeah. all the other phases that are in a relationship. Um, so, you know, we we usually um, had this practice where every now and then maybe a little conflict, a little situation would come up, and we would you know fight like most couples. Yeah. But then we would sit down and have a conversation about it like two mm-hmm. adults and go okay so what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. What is happening in our life? How can we deal with this? You know, <coughs> is it is it really because we're not doing the right thing because we, we could do something else and as a result of one of these conversations um, you know we kind of said well is this monogamy thing really working for us? We already knew that we weren't jealous. We Had you talked about it before this point? Um, well, you know, when when you say to your boyfriend, go and get a girlfriend, that's kind of yeah. the way. But I, and it sounded like I was joking, but actually I was quite serious. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't mind. I said many times to him, like, look, you know, I understand that sometimes yeah. I'm not there for you sexually when you really feel like it. Yeah. And, and frankly, you know, I would like to be more, but it's just not there. Yeah. In some ways, it reduces the pressure on you mm. if you know that yeah. he's somewhat satisfied Exactly. Elsewhere. And, you know, when you know that your partner is kind of feeling like they're not getting mm-hmm. enough sex... Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't, I'm not a possessive kind of person. I'm not a jealous kind of person. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you know, if that happens, happens, go for it. Yeah. Um, so in that context, we talked about it. I mean, we've talked, I guess, in other contexts as well. But then in the end, we decided like, well, you know what? Let's just give this a shot, see how it works. And it's evolved a lot since then. And certainly from some of the conversations I had, and I had a very specific conversation with a couple of people where they were, they were very anti-open mm-hmm. relationships. Okay. And one of the, you know, as we spoke about firstly, it is born out of fear um, yeah. and it is born out of, you know, if you really want to get into it, Western religions. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Guilt. Absolutely, yeah. Um, is, Manipulation and all that. Yeah. Is that if, if they, number one, if their partner, uh, and in this case they were both heterosexual, so it was both male partners, even uttered the thought uh, that they were instantly offended, yeah. very jealous. The second piece was um, around that, yeah, if if they ever allowed that to happen, how would they cope? How would they cope with that jealousy? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and, and the third piece was, if I felt like I, I need my partner to have sex with me so I feel validated. Mm-hmm. And they were very open about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for somebody who isn't jealous, and it's an open question to you, is if your partner said to you, and maybe this is what happens, like, 
yeah, I don't feel like I have to have sex with you. Does that make you feel less validated in a relationship as a woman, as a, a figure? Yeah. No. And but that's a, a personal thing, right? I know that happens with a lot of women. And yeah. I think that's like kind of almost the, the proof of what you're saying in terms of it's born out of fear because likewise, you're not really frightened if somebody's going to trade on you because it doesn't affect you as an individual. Yeah. Um, I would also like to share a bit of a personal story. So this is my little coming out as well. So I used to be <laughs> in an open relationship as well. Um, and it, it ended not for the reasons of it being open, but for other reasons. Um, but to that point of jealousy, I think I'm also naturally not a jealous person, mm -hmm. but I think jealousy is just like any other emotion, you know, like grief, sadness, anger. You can control it. So you can actually think, yeah. wait, I choose not to be jealous because yeah. actually I just choose to be happy because my partner is actually having a really, really great time. And then to your other point about um, this idea of validation mm. if, you know, you're not having sex with, like, your partner, right? If you're having sex outside of the relationship. Can I tell you, it, there's this funny thing that happens sometimes. And maybe this is just my experience, but Valentina, you can, you know, feel free to weigh in. But there's this funny thing that happens when you kind of open up your relationship. Suddenly, when you have a lot of freedom to have sex with a lot of other people you suddenly feel like the desire sort of floods back into your relationship yeah. and <clears throat> and suddenly you actually start finding your partner quite sexy also because you see other women perhaps finding him sexy as well yeah. so it's ironic sometimes when you think about it but this idea of you know being open and, and freedom actually brings you actually closer together and for my ex-partner and I um, it was something that we really took a lot of joy in because yeah. we would discuss it and we would actually get sometimes quite excited by each other's stories of you know what did you do and tell me everything and <laughs> and then I would kind yeah. of live vicariously and it would yeah. actually turn me on as well yeah. so um, I don't know if just the, the the conception or the perception that just because you have an open relationship, therefore, you know, the sex is just not going to be good. It's going to completely die in your primary relationship. Is oh, no, absolutely true. the opposite. Valentina, I mean, I, I actually want your perspective on this as well. Do you think being in, in an open relationship has actually revived or diminished your sex life with your partner? Well, um... 100% revived, 100% um, created a lot of sexual energy between us that wasn't there before. Really? You know, because um, I, I was talking to Sarah in our break to say that in, in the world of polyamory, uh, people talk about this concept called uh, new relationship energy. What new relationship energy means, that sense of excitement, of kind of crazy attraction that you experience when you meet someone that you really connect with sexually or emotionally or intellectually. And what that is, really biologically speaking, is just a bunch of hormones yep. that are yeah. kind of suddenly flooding your brain and they are adrenaline and testosterone and dopamine and all that. I'm really into hormones. So it, it specifically would be oxytocin, right? Oxytocin gets there in orgasm. So oxytocin is, oh, really? is, the, is the is the it's bonding the pair hormone. bonding yeah. hormone. Oh, and that's not the same hormone as that giddy. No, oh, no. Okay. So okay, uh, ooh, this is something that no, I, I do. Love I do workshops on. All right. Yeah. So at first, in the last phase of a relationship, because mm -hmm. as a relationship coach, we split relationships and love in phases. We do yeah. very scientific work where I'm, where I'm from. I love right? this. I, I know. This <laughs> is like, like the science. <laughs> yeah, the science of love. Wait, this is like almost like a whole different yeah, topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We can do that separately. Yeah. But I'll tell you. So in the last phase of a relationship, any mm. relationship, essentially what happens? Your blood, uh, your brain. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, your brain, but your blood too. Uh, your brain is filled with testosterone, um, estrogen, which are the sexual hormones, mm. with adrenaline, which is what makes you really, really excited about seeing that person, with um, uh, serotonin, serotonin. Yeah. which kind of makes you feel really obsessed about that person, yeah. and dopamine, which is the pleasure hormone, mm -hmm. which yeah. is the thing that makes you addicted to that feeling. Yeah. This is yeah. what cocaine and heroin stimulate in your brain. Yep. Then, when you have amazing sex with that person you get bonded to them because of oxytocin. Yeah. And the sad thing right. in life, in a way, is that men 
don't get as much oxytocin in their systems as women, which is why it's difficult to have no strings attached sex with women. Mm. Note for you. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so that that clarifies a lot. And in fact, I think that also clarifies like the questions we heard on. Yeah. Well, sex might might lead to love. Yeah. You know, which is, you know, one of the biggest fears that, you know, certainly who I spoke to this week is I couldn't bring myself to do it because I'm terrified of that person falling in love. Yeah. Which I thought, you know, I think we spoke about this before the show, which is completely, well, not com- I shouldn't say completely, but it is, it is as likely or as possible to happen without that. I mean, yeah. is that a justifiable fear? What do you think? Well, um, I think our fears are our fears. There's, there's nothing mm-hmm. that you can, you know, our experience is our experience. You cannot, yeah. you cannot deny someone's experience. But our mm-hmm. experience comes from our perception mm-hmm. of the world, right? Mm-hmm. So, and our perception of the world is influenced severely by our beliefs. Mm-hmm. So if you go into a relationship believing that, oh my God, sex with someone means love. So I'm having sex with this guy. It means that we fall in love and we have this beautiful thing. So our pers- my perception, if my perception of that relationship is that, oh, look, he's so wonderful in bed. He's my Prince Charming. And I suddenly imagine how our life could go from now on. I might choose to believe that this relationship with this new guy is by far superior to what I have with my boyfriend. So I might choose right. this guy. Right. Yeah. Or you might feel as a woman that knowing that for women sex tend to equal love more than for men mm-hmm. men believe sex is sex right mm-hmm. we do it because it's a biological mm-hmm. need and you know we were genetically programmed to spread our seed as much as we can mm-hmm. uh, whereas for women we believe or most women believe that sex actually equals love if you make love to someone most women prefer to refer to it as we make love mm-hmm. but there's a big difference between having sex and making love absolutely and you know, a lot of women would think, well, yes, maybe I allow my boyfriend or my husband to have sex with this other woman yeah. and maybe he's OK with it. Maybe he's yeah. not going to fall in love with it. Yeah. But what happens if that woman falls in love with my husband? Yeah. Uh, and suddenly I've got this kind of crazy woman at my doorstep yeah. trying to do this kind of stuff. Oh, it's, it's a little bit trickier. So it's a complex world. Very complex. Um, so back to this idea of new relationship energy and mm-hmm. how sometimes maybe being in an open relationship can actually benefit uh, the two people involved in the relationship. I mean, what other benefits are there of being in an open relationship? Um, The biggest benefit that I have experienced personally, I cannot talk for everyone, obviously, but uh, the biggest benefit that I've experienced um, in my opening my relationship is that we have become... um, much more honest and mm-hmm. much more intimate with each mm. other yeah and that is something that i personally struggled with you yeah. know like really being able to openly communicate to my boyfriend what i wanted what wasn't working how i would see our relationship going has been a huge improvement and even two days ago when i mentioned to him i was doing this he said yeah i really think that that has brought us much closer together because we're now honest with each other and mm-hmm. and do you mean honesty across both emotional and sexual kind oh of completely yeah. i mean you know yeah. in 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 this kind of relationship you need to it's it's up to you how much you choose to disclose about what you do with other yeah. people yeah. for some people uh coming back from a date um and telling the story of what happened it can really excite your partner and it can actually lead to way more interesting sex with your partner. Yeah. For other people, it's a sort of like, you know what, I'm telling you that this has happened, but I don't need to, I don't, yeah. I'm not comfortable with telling you exactly how many sex positions we've experienced yeah. and, you know, how many orgasms I had and all that. It yeah. was really up to you. It's a choice that you need to make yeah. in your relationship. Do you want to see the DVD I made? Well, I'm not into that, but yeah. hey, you know. But well, from, actually, I, I ha- that's one other piece I oh, have for later. Yeah, oh, but okay. Anyway. But I mean, from our sort of earlier conversation that we had our little sort of love at first sight coffee, <laughs> yes. um, you told me that you're actually quite open with... Uh, what you tell your boyfriend and he's quite open and you you, you said you actually mentioned you're helping him do his tinder profile and oh, yeah so on. i mean seriously i want him to be happy in yeah. his uh, alternative relationships because it, it helps me yeah, i was yeah. about to say uh, optimizing his tinder relationship sounds like a good bit of market research well, look, first for you. Of all, wouldn't it be stupid to have a <laughs> dating coach as your girlfriend and to have a shit tinder profile when she specializes <laughs> no, that's true. she specializes Not good advertising. In, in helping people around the world getting 
laid more on Tinder and you're not benefiting from that? I mean, seriously. Well, you, you know, I, and again, I probably will cut this out. It's like every life coach I meet sometimes. I'm like, I know what, like, I, and I've known this, but I'm like, I know why you're a life coach, but this this isn't right at all. Like, you, it's, it's, you know, it, I don't know if it's a word that, tra- a saying that translates, but have you ever yeah. heard of, like a plumbing's plum, a plumber's plumbing is never right? Oh, that, yeah, that, yeah, I've yeah, heard yeah, that yeah, phrase, yeah. yeah. Anyway. See, if I was single as a dating coach, would I have the same credibility as someone? I reckon who's, so, because you been... date more than anyone else. Well, because I'm in an open relationship, yeah. I'm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, see, no. I'm I'm the perfect yeah, person no, because yeah. I I often get challenged actually by my my couples clients because they say, well, how do you know what does it mean to be committed or what do you, how do you know what does it mean to be in a committed relationship when you are not married? Oh, so you, you do disclose to them that you're in a, a, a non-exclusive no, partnership? Not necessarily, unless it's relevant for the for the situation. Yeah. But very often my, my um, clients are... T- because I'm not married. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. about being open. Yeah, yeah. That, but, but because I'm not married, a lot of clients say, um, how do you know what does it mean to be committed to your partner if you're not married? Mm-hmm. And I tell them, well, I don't know. I mean, my answer to that is yeah. marriage is not about a piece of paper. Marriage mm. is about the or, or a long-term relationship is about the commitment that you make to your partner. Yeah. Mm. And marriage, quite sometimes, is about a piece of paper, and you know. Yes, and can yeah. I just tell you, I choose my partner every single day. Yeah. You know, a piece of paper would not make him choose. Yeah. So, and just out of pure curiosity, do you ever say you're married just to get the the question off the table with your clients? No. No. I hate it. I hate the word wife and husband. For me, wife is a four-letter word. <laughs> Seriously, it, it is a four letter. Yeah, in my head, I was like, I was like, how many letters is it? a bad word. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, like, if people say, "Hey, you know, bring your husband," I'm like, "He is not my husband. He is my boyfriend." Please understand that there's a big difference for me. Yeah. I have a limiting belief around that, yeah. but that's a different but, story. But yeah, well, that's all... actually what I was going to get to next. I'm like, wait, you know, his boyfriend, you know. I'll like, tell you about okay, that in yeah, a different fine, conversation. Fine. You know, but there's also a lot of negative stigma around open relationships. Just because yep. there's a lot of fear, really? people don't really understand what it is. And how do you talk to people about that? How do you tell people who ask about your open relationship? Well, people don't really ask. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, they, they really just assume know. you're married. They assume you're married, and yeah. you know, I I don't um, I don't I volunteer this kind of information okay. to people. But yeah. um, I usually talk about my relationship status with my friends mm-hmm. um, for the very simple reason that you know both my boyfriend and I date other people, and Hong Kong is a very small place. Tiny. Yes, right. Yeah. So what I've noticed happens if you ever had any friends who. Um, have gone through a difficult time in their relationship Mm -hmm. and let's say you bump into someone that you know is let's say your best friend's husband or boyfriend you see this person in Lan Kwai Fong draped or with a girl draped around them yeah what do you do platforms yeah yeah Yeah. well um, you know for you I feel because I've experienced this myself is like it's it's a little bit conflicting it's like okay she's my best friend do I really tell her that I've seen it is it is it is it kinder for me for to... Oh, sorry, I totally misread that. Okay, I understand what you're saying. No, what, what I'm trying to say is, yeah. as a friend of someone who yeah. may be going through difficulties yeah. in their marriage or whatever, yeah. and you happen to bump into their partner with someone else, right, right. it actually causes a lot of stress oh my God, for, yeah. for yeah. you as a person, because you think, God, you know, all right, well, I've just witnessed this. Yeah. Am I gonna say something to my friend? Is it is it what's more, my obligation? Yeah, is it is it mm. me being more of a friend to shut up? Is that the proof mm-hmm. that I'm a better friend, or mm. do I have to say something? Yeah, and I think that's kind of unnecessary. So yeah. because I know Hong Kong is such a small town, yeah. Um, in general, most of my friends know that. Hey, if you see my boyfriend with someone else, mm-hmm. be sure that I probably know about it. And yeah. if I don't know about it at that time, I will know about it very soon. So yeah. you don't need to stress or agonize over. Ooh, what is he cheating? What's going on? In what a bastard! You know, I don't want that kind of yeah. judgment mm. on yeah. either of us. Don't, you know? don't be negative yeah. about that. And the same for me. You know, if <laughs> I walk around town with uh, with someone that doesn't look like my boyfriend, well, think about it. Hey, she's Perhaps having a fun. Short Australian man. Yeah. She's having fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I have a few questions, and for I think a lot of people that I spoke to, it was really the rules and the the nitty-gritty mm, the of it rules. all the boundaries yeah mm. and look totally honest i had i not only tried to keep my mind clear coming to this but um 
I really I didn't have a perception of this. Like mm-hmm. I knew friends who were in open relationships. I don't I don't think I even cared enough to think about it more than two or three seconds. And mm-hmm. not saying that I'm the all seeing Zen, but I just I just didn't really think about it. Not something you care about that much. Yeah, like I'm like you guys seem happy. It's fine. I don't really want to talk about. It. Don't need to talk about feelings. What do I care what you're doing? Yeah, in your yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Just sort it out yourself. But so I went and spoke to somebody yeah. who once they learned really what we were talking about was was primarily against. Or, or couldn't sorry I shouldn't say against couldn't see themselves in the relationship they but certainly that's weren't totally fine. yeah um, so uh, one of the questions you already did cover which was how does it you know how does it feel sharing new sexual experiences with your partner but I think you answered that and said it's a really great thing for you guys not everyone makes the decisions to share it but I think it depends on on the type of relationship and and really it's about how confident you are in your relationship sure. see I think it all goes back to whether you need validation from your partner yep. or whether you are s- strong enough and self-sufficient enough to believe that, you know what, if your partner is having a great experience in someone else, that doesn't take away anything from what you yeah. have with them. It's okay to have two great experiences. It's completely <laughs> fine. You know, yeah. I used to believe that I was the queen of blowjobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I am. Okay. Right. But, we should um, have a Valentina versus Christina. Say, let's not make it a competition, <laughs> no. Valentina. No, 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 okay. okay. Sarah, let's make it a competition. <laughs> this sounds fine. No, but you know, yeah. so, you know, I, I routinely yeah. ask this question. It's like, okay, so how's the blowjob? And sometimes yeah. it said, well, actually, not too bad. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah. like, yeah. better. And I was like, wow, good for you, you know? Yeah. Um, because. There's just nothing wrong with that. I don't, I don't get my my kicks from me being the best lover he's ever had. And, yeah. and, and I think that's a, such a valid point. That's not why you're with him to be his sexual no. goddess. You're yeah. with him. For, I mean, obviously I am. Yeah, but there's, there's, <laughs> you know, there's another 99 reasons why you're with him. No, but, you know, like we've been together for 18 years. Uh, obviously, the excitement that we feel for each other comes from a very, very, you know, actually a very different hormonal balance in our body. Yeah. Because in this phase where we're at, which is this attachment <laughs> phase, yeah. we don't experience the crazy mm. adrenaline and all that. And that everybody does that, right? Yeah. So our sexual experiences are much more, you know, settled. They're much more because we know how to push each, other button, each other's buttons in the right way. Yeah. Mm. You know, for us, sex is... Is not a discovery, but it's a rediscovery yeah. oh, that's and nice. exploration. You know, like with with a new person, it's all about oh god, uh, you know, uh, where it's, it's <laughs> where? all about exploration. I nearly where, just what, said like how? reading an old book, but I don't think that's the right euphemism. But I, but I, hope, you see, I hope you see the meaning that I, I have there, which is it's something you treasured, and it's something that when you rediscover why you liked it. Exactly. You know, for me, it was really funny on the way to work today. I listened to an album that I haven't listened to forever. Yeah. So we know that monogamy is not for everybody. We also know that open relationships are not for everybody. Mm-hmm. But I actually really want to know, how do you know if an open relationship is right for you? Is it related to a certain set of beliefs? Or is it how you feel about your partner at that point of time? Is it a life stage? Is it after you've been together for such a long time? Maybe it's time to try something different. I mean, how do you know if it works and if you're sort of psychologically, mentally, emotionally capable of handling one? Well, I believe, you know, based on my personal experience and all the research that I've done, that um, clearly not everyone is cut out for an open relationship. Like, based on the reactions that I've had from my friends and people I talk to. Yeah you need to be a certain type of person to even consider it. And yeah. I believe that there are three factors that will determine whether you're interested or you're even potentially open to an open relationship. The first, of, uh, first factor is your personality. Mm-hmm. The second is related to your values and your cultural programming, or shall we call it upbringing. Mm-hmm. And the third one is about how confident you are. Yeah. It's okay. really how do you feel about yourself. Yeah. So if you like, I'll elaborate on, on all of them yeah, because there, there are things that I, I work with on a, a regular basis. Yeah. So the first one, the personality. So my, my Bible in, uh, or my go-to book in this respect is, is a Bible book, quotation. Yeah. quotation yeah, we need, I, don't, I don't read the Bible. Let I me have. read you from Matthew chapter <laughs> yeah. 3, paragraph 15. Hey, there's, there's a lot of Christian love coaches out there, yeah. you know, mm, but yeah. I, I'm not one of them. Uh, but, but my go-to reference book for this kind of stuff, how do you decide if you have the right personality 
to be adventurous is, is a book called Why Him, Why Her okay. by a lady mm-hmm. called Helen Fisher. Mm-hmm. Helen Fisher is an anthropologist, a TED talker, mm-hmm. uh, someone who has done a lot of work with uh, eHarmony.com, with OkCupid okay in the US. Mm-hmm. So they've analyzed a huge amount of data and she's done a lot of studies right. um, on the side. And she worked out that essentially when it comes to the love match, if you like, mm-hmm. there are four personality types in the world. Mm-hmm. And those are dependent on, funnily enough, hormones. So okay. for different people that we have, she, she calls it hormone dominance, a particular hormone rules your body mm. and that will determine what kind of personality you have. Um, if you're interested, you can go to my website. There's a love match test there. Mm. Little plug in. You can take it out if you uh, want. No, <laughs> we like that. We love a good plug. <laughs> yeah. so, it, sorry, and sorry, just to clarify, uh, and I wasn't sure if it's just the wording. Is it, is, it a, is it truly a hormonal dominance in terms of level or it's one you respond to more? Or No, it is, it is how much of a particular hormone you have in your body. Right. And those hormones okay. are um, testosterone or estrogen, dopamine yep. or serotonin. Yeah. So the different the different types of personalities are explorer, director, mm. negotiator, or builder. <laughs> okay. I don't want to go into the details of what it means. If you want to, you can go to my website, yeah. check it out. But essentially, we have to do this test. As you can that. imagine, by the it's it's a long test. It's about fifty four questions, but it's really very telling, and it's one of my favorite things to give to my dates. Yeah. Right. So when I meet someone new, I go, okay, go and do this, and then I'll see if I it's just, worth me doing this. I just imagined you in LKF somewhere, like, and somebody's yeah. trying to hit on you. I'm like, before we take this any further, <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just need you for that 54. But you can buy me a drink. So personality, deciding what the personality of yourself and your partner is, is mm-hmm. really the first thing. So look it up first or or check it out have a conversation understand before you even open that conversation right the second part is values um as a coach or before i I started my coaching training i had no idea what my values were most Mm -hmm. people don't know right yeah unless you've done some sort of self-development course you don't really know these things um i worked out that my primary values were independence passion fun and adventure Mm -hmm. that sounds exactly like an explorer sounds like me (laughs) But I think, and what I want to highlight here is, you said your primary uh, values, because you know, even, even t- going back, you know, an hour ago when you talked about this is what I look for in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I think you said fun-loving, commitment, open-minded, open-minded, open-minded yeah. adventure, adventure, acceptance. Right? I think you'll be very hard-pressed to find somebody who said, you know what, I want somebody very close-minded. But I think your point is is the right one, which is it's about primary values. And these are the things I value over other things. Okay, so when I do this exercise with my clients, because I do focus a lot on values, Mm -hmm. I give them a long list of just words, Mm -hmm. you know, and I say, select the top five values and prioritize them, Mm. right? And there's a list of maybe 25, 30, 45, I don't know. This sounds like us at work. And (laughs) they kind of look, it's like, well, all of them is like, no. The purpose of this is yes. to prioritize yes. it, yes. to tell me what is your primary value, what is the one thing that you yes. cannot possibly okay. imagine your life yeah. without. Down to your head, right. just pick one. I yeah. didn't know that, but it turned out that my primary value was independence. Uh-huh. Mm. Once I figured it out, wow, my life kind of became clear. Yeah. I thought, wow, every single choice I've made in my life yeah. has been led, yeah. has been determined by the fact that I wanted to be independent and in a mm-hmm. relationship that is really important. Yeah. This yeah. is why I've been in a relationship for 18 years and not married. This right. is why I make choices of where I want to be every day. This is why, mm. you know, every single thought that I have is, is kind of yeah. underwritten by this thing. And, and sort of why you don't really care necessarily to go with the flow in terms of tradition or cultural or, or I've cultural always been a rebel you know most, exactly. most rebels would probably quote independence at their, th- their top thing I, I love you even more now yeah like, now we know that we exactly. have that value the love so is for sight has deepened considerably over the podcast <laughs> I should stare longingly through microphones we should date is, 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 I'm not uh, into women by the way <laughs> should I say this well this is that ruins my fantasy anyway uh, <laughs> I think until you said that actually though I don't think I and again I've sat through a dozen psych tests in my life and I don't think I've ever picked independence mm. because I don't think I've ever put it through the lens of a relationship mm. can you help people define what those values are absolutely because quite honestly if you sat here and just had 30 minutes with me I'm sure I would be more confused than I've ever been in my life but 
how do you guide people towards what their values are? Because especially, you know, as, 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 as certainly as I got older, I'm like, I used to think I knew what my values were mm-hmm. naively. And now I think it's a bit different. But So it's an interesting exercise because the way I discover, I help people discover their values is actually uh, asking them to tell me stories of their life. Yeah. Mm. Stories amazing. when they feel happy. Stories about when did they feel the most fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of analyze that and we look at, okay, so what's actually making you happy in this situation? Why is this working for you? Because we don't know this stuff, really. It's, it's, yeah. it's such, it was such an amazing discovery for me doing my coaching course. I've, I've grown so much. People literally have said, you are a different person. Yeah. Wow. You have changed as a person. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's so telling because without... The, the second part of the exercise, if I may, if yeah. I may share, is one, to identify your top five core values yep. especially the first value which is your guiding principle and then the other five the other mm. four the second part is what are the top five shared values what do you want to share with your partner yeah. a lot of people would think well the same things obviously but it's not always the case right if you have the same you're kind of lazy so the third thing which is confidence. self-confidence right so um why is confidence or level of self-confidence important so if you know that your partner is someone who is not feeling safe in this relationship not because of something you do yeah. but someone who has trust issues yeah. because of you know maybe your girlfriend has uh, had this horrible relationship in which someone in cheated past. on them yeah. you know so so they're bringing we bring a lot of baggage with us from the yeah. past because we don't deal with it right <laughs> so i think the last question that several people have actually submitted in many different ways um, and, and I think we sort of very briefly brushed on this earlier on. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people buy into this idea of an open relationship intellectually. In principle. Yeah. In principle. For other people. Yeah. <laughs> this is something that other people <laughs> okay. do. I, I'm totally okay with it. Yeah. I can totally get that you guys yeah. want to date other people, but I could yeah. never do it. Yeah. You do you. Yeah. Um, so really that is my question I mean people find it very difficult to navigate it for themselves and I know you said earlier that you don't give advice as a relationship coach but surely there must be some kind of guidelines for people who might be considering an open relationship but have no idea how to go about one well, it's funny how both myself and my boyfriend have had this situation where we talked to people that we may have been dating at the time and talked about this and they said, oh yeah, you know, that's really quite interesting. Mm-hmm. We had two different responses and that's gender-based, which is really funny. Okay. So most guys I talk to and I say I'm in an open relationship, they go, wow, that's really cool. That's very forward thinking and all that. Yeah. I would love that, but I don't think I'd allow my, boyf- my girlfriend to do it. Mm. The girls that my boyfriend is um, dating... They go, oh, yeah, you know, actually, I would love that, but I don't know how to tell that to my boyfriend or husband because I think they would freak out. Right. So clearly there is this latent desire or need for help on how to breach this subject. Yeah. And unfortunately, there isn't a fixed formula because every person has a very different background. Um, So what would happen... If I had a client who came to me and said, oh, I'd like to yeah. breach this to my boyfriend. Yeah. Because you're thinking of developing a whole coaching program. I do, exactly. Well. And so yeah. I spent a lot of time thinking, how would I start? Yeah. Honestly, I think it's very difficult if you're not a very, uh, you, you know, if your relationship is not based on trust and the connection that you have to have, mm. it's a very tricky conversation, right? So if mm. suddenly yeah. you're boyfriend or husband of a couple of months or a few months or whatever it doesn't matter how long the time is not actually a factor yeah no just burst out and say i think we should have an open relationship most people would just freak out <laughs> I know. understandably so I, th- I think they would actually take that as you want to break up with me yeah most times yeah, yeah. i mean yeah, the, like, their immediate it, reaction would be what well, what if i like seriously who you're sleeping like, with yeah, yeah 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 or like is this the first step to something else yeah but you know like i said before if you know that you and your partner have the right personality type for yeah. this kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. first of all, you need to know what you want. You need to have a vision for your ideal relationship, which is what most people don't have. Yeah. So 
when I approach this with my clients, I ask them, what is the ideal relationship for you? And I think you mentioned earlier that very few open relationships start open from the beginning. Mm-hmm. There's a very good reason for that. It's because yeah. you don't know each other enough. You don't trust each other enough. You haven't been through the different yeah. phases. Yeah. So in most cases, open relationship happen after people have been together for a while they've they've right. practiced mm. exclusivity for a while right. yeah. they re- they recognize that actually they are a very good match for each other in terms of friendships in terms mm. of intellectual connection in terms yeah. of emotional connection but they realize that you know keeping the sex the excitement the adventure alive is actually much harder mm-hmm. because the more intimate you get the more you know about your partner actually the less you're going to want them The most dangerous um, situation is when one of the partners wants an open relationship and the other partner agrees to it, but only oh, to no. please yeah, their partner. Really. Yeah. When they're actually not into this, yeah. when they don't actually feel it, mm-hmm. but they go, okay, well, if that makes you happy, fine. And that's because so many of us are educated to be pleasers because mm-hmm. we don't want to be rejected. This yeah. comes from fear of rejection. So, okay, my boyfriend wants to have different things. Like, okay, I think I can put up with it, but actually they can't. But for men and women, you know. It's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wasn't meaning to gender That's sort funny. of whatever here, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I know so many. I, I know I work with a lot of guys yeah, who are guys pleasers. Guys don't talk about that. You know? yeah. No, but they're pleasers. We are taught that. Well, we did the a whole episode on pleasing. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mean it sexually because it doesn't mean that if a guy is a pleaser in any other parts of his life, it doesn't yeah. mean that he's a, what do you call it? Cunny linguist? Cunning linguist. Cunning linguist. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so the guidelines would be start with obviously a very strong relationship, um, you know, build on, you know, a foundation of trust, really. Um, what else? Well, um, Actually, these guidelines are for any relationship. Yeah. Okay. For that, that's what I was saying. <laughs> you know, like. yeah. it's, it's not really rocket science. And yeah. um, if you follow this in any relationship, heterosexual or gay, whatever, first of all, or open or not open, you really need to show each other, like really show each other love and compassion. Yeah. Like really be open to the other person being different to you and accepting differences because we are unique. We are different people. We yeah. grow up in different places. Yeah. The second thing is, Do not lie. Yeah. Right? In an open relationship, the most, in specifically, any relationship, but yeah. most specifically in an open relationship, if you lie, you lose the trust. Yeah. And it's probably the hardest part, the biggest challenge, not mm. to kind of go, mm, nothing happened. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, it's and, hard. And maybe, maybe we should have brought this up at the start, but, and, and we did talk about this before we hit record, but open relationships is not about deception. No. And those two things. Quite the opposite. Those yeah. things not only aren't those things aren't only mutually exclusive mm-hmm. in fact they are completely polar opposites and you mm-hmm. can't have an open relationship with having deception no yeah thank you jai and valentina for joining me on this very very interesting show today so what have we heard today we've heard that there's many different types of open relationships and mm-hmm. um, you need to figure out really <coughs> what's the right type for you if you're even considering it Um, we've hopefully debunked the perception that open relationships don't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, you, Valentina's story has convinced you that some of them could work and actually... Sometimes better than others. Yeah, better than others and, and could deliver very, very empowering benefits as well. Um, we've also heard about the guidelines and principles on how to perhaps start to open your relationship if you were actually considering one. Valentina, thank you so much. I really hope you develop this program on open relationships because I think just based on the feedback and the questions we've got for this week, this is a really, really meaty topic. And I think people do are endlessly curious and they do need help and coaching in terms of how to actually do it successfully. And I think you must come back Yeah. And tell us how it's going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd love to. You know, I mean, the the whole idea of uh, creating a coaching program to help people explore open mm-hmm. relationships has come from my experience with, you know, singles and couples who didn't know how to talk about it with their partners. So mm-hmm. it's still work in progress. Um, but I love feedback, you know, feedback from potential yeah 
listeners is is what helps me create these programs you know ultimately i don't want to sit there i've been in a successful relationship for 18 years yes i have some learnings but ultimately in order to fix your problems i need to know what your problems are yeah so anything uh sarah if you receive any specific questions or comments i would i would love to receive them as Mm -hmm. not not i don't want to call it market research because we're all in advertising (laughs) but um but in input yeah you know because i'm at the in the beginning of creating this uh this um how to open up Mm -hmm. program and um the the most valuable information that i can have is is real life experience real real life challenges and questions that people have yeah so anything that you can have uh send my way that they oh, don't absolutely. have to be they don't have to be i don't have to know who you are yeah absolutely actually. and and actually for everyone listening you know i'm just gonna say give um valentina some feedback directly you can find her on happy ever asia that's her website or she's got great social media as well instagram what's your instagram my Instagram is uh, Fairy Godmother. I like to think of myself <laughs> as a Fairy Godmother. <laughs> Sorry. Um, lots of people don't. So it's my actually Instagram account is Fairy underscore Godmother zero zero. Um, if you look at my business card, it has a Fairy Godmother version Love of it. me on the back. Love it. Because I do believe that people can find the happy ever after. And that may not be with just one person. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's a really wonderful message. Yeah. And I think just, I know this episode won't go out as two hours, but we have spent a couple of hours exploring <laughs> some really, really beautiful topics. And I think yeah. it's amazing. Let's break it up in yeah. a few more. <laughs> and, and my key takeaway is really that honesty and authenticity are really critical for creating and sustaining any kind of relationship whether or not it's open or non-exclusive or or exclusive it doesn't matter right i mean and actually if you think about it honesty and authenticity are really the keys to getting better in bed and we all want to get better in bed don't we (laughs) (laughs) absolutely i know you guys do and we do so